Welcome to Talk Crushers with Omer Khan. Listeners, today I have the pleasure of uh, having a guest on my show, on my podcast. And uh, this gentleman happens to be someone I've been following. Uh, and I had no idea that he would be so gracious uh, to join me on today's episode. Uh, I welcome uh, Dr. Kasia Fansari. He's a doctor by profession and a cricket activist or a cricket genuine by passion. Welcome, uh, Dr. Ansari. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. It's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. So what uh, we're going to speak about today is uh, Bangladesh cricket team is already in Pakistan for the first leg of their tour. They will play three T20s uh, in Lahore. And uh, let's start off with that. Bangladesh team coming to Pakistan right after Sri Lankan team visited. And uh, the significance of all three formats coming back to Pakistan. And from Khyber to Karachi, the thing which holds Pakistanis together is cricket. And when cricket comes back to Pakistan, as, as you mentioned, very rightly so, that it started off with Sri Lanka and now we are seeing Bangladesh and inshallah we'll see South Africa touring Pakistan in the next few weeks as well. Uh, this is a great, great moment for Pakistan cricket and credit goes to, first of all, uh, Bangladesh that they took our offer and they were kind and gracious enough to take this opportunity. Yes, there are two legs of this tour. Uh, of this tour. I'm okay with that. Uh, as long as uh, Pakistan gets to see cricket, the fan lovers gets to see. And then the second leg will have one test match in Pakistan. So we are all good for that. And it's a great news. It's a great, great opportunity for cricket lovers and for the entire world to look at Pakistan from a different angle altogether. That Pakistan is not only a peace-loving country, but it is, it is all about cricket in Pakistan. We are passionate. This is our first religion. And we would like to take this message all across the globe. Absolutely. Um, and I would have to agree with it. Uh, being a first religion, I remember waking up three o'clock in the morning to watch uh, cricket uh, happening in Melbourne and all over the world. So in terms of the two, three legs, I believe that we have any specific issues with that happening? I know you've already said I'm okay with that. Why did we just comply with that? I have no idea, to be honest with you. It's just a waste of time and energy and uh, and above all, resources. That is the biggest thing which bothers me because a lot of money will be paid from PCB to um, Bangladesh Cricket Board to, 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 to break this tour down into two legs and doing all sorts of other activities. Uh, that money could have been used to promote cricket, domestic cricket in Pakistan. But of course, they have their, their security concerns. And yeah, the baby steps. These are baby steps towards bringing, a, a bringing the a more international teams to Pakistan. So for now, let's not get into those details. I think it's, 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 it's a time to celebrate. It's time to put our heads together and to, 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 um, to basically witness the best of the best of the best cricket because this is a year of T20 Cricket World Cup and this is one of the baby steps we're taking towards getting to that stage. Now, coming down to the series, uh, Pakistan versus Bangladesh. Pakistan team, we've had a few changes. We've brought in a few people. I was looking through the squad of 14 yesterday, easily about four new kids who may have played less than five T20s or have not played uh, T20 internationals at all. So looking at that roster, how do you think we will fare in the three games? Well, the, looking at the team selection is absolutely mind-blowing. It is. Uh, I know you may not like this, uh, this, uh, this type of criticism, but it shows the uh, it, it shows the disability and the and the uh, 
I don't know if the immatureness of the selection committee of the decision makers just a few weeks ago, what they had played with those 11 guys in Australia, uh, five or six or seven of them are missing from the squad. And the guys they have put into squad, some of them haven't played cricket in quite a few months. This is not uh, something which takes us closer to winning the World Cup this year. Unfortunately, the mindset of decision makers is quite perplexed here. It is quite confused. They don't know exactly what to do. They are extremely worried about losing this series because we all know they lost two consecutive series, one against Sri Lanka, one against Australia. And, that, and, and, and with the new management, new coach, new selector, uh, all in one package, uh, he's taking this series very personally. And that's why he, under, he, under, uh, he, he ended up calling Shreve Malik and Hafiz and all the big guns from the past who hasn't played very much cricket for Pakistan lately, but he doesn't want to take any chances. On the other hand, he's included some youngsters uh, with zero uh, experience in domestic cricket which is also quite confusing to me because that shows to me that there is no vision which would take them closer to winning the World Cup this year. The, way, the countries which have vision, the, the, the boards which have planning for the upcoming events are such as India, Australia, New Zealand, uh, even Bangladesh, who's got people lined up, who's got the bench strength. They have got the 11, uh, 12 people uh, getting into the field. They know their roles very clearly. They have defined characters in the team. They have the uh, they have the mindset of winning the games. On the other end, Pakistanis uh, are experimenting way too much over the last few weeks, especially after this new administration, and that is bothering the heck out of me. That this this shows that they are not really sure what to do with it. Now, one question I have to ask. What's your take on Usman Shinwari? Because everything I've seen about Usman, even with the recent test debut, he takes wickets. Yes, he gives runs off and on, but he takes wickets. I did not see anything that suggests that he is injured. I cannot explain why Usman was not made part of uh, the 14. Fine, don't play him in the 11, but at least consider him. So what's your take? I'm um, curious to know that. I, I, it doesn't make sense. That's what I'm saying. You're absolutely right. Usman Shinwari was dropped from Australia tour, uh, from Sri Lanka tour, from this, from that. And then this poor guy has, has this niche of taking wickets. Yes, he gives away runs, but we all know that he, he's a wicket taker. And if he averages 8 or 8.5 per over and gives you 2-3 wickets in every 20 over game, he's not a bad deal. But it depends on how you want to shape up your, your team for the World Cup. What is the vision of selectors? What is the vision of the coach? It, it boils down to the, that simple, straightforward question that where do you see yourself in 2020 October when you're going to be arriving in Australia to play T20 World Cup? That is where the, the, the million-dollar question is. And at this point of time, I think it is a very confused state of mind. It is a very, very disarray. They don't know exactly what to do. I mean, you know, look at the captain change. I would start from the captain change. This is absolutely ridiculous to remove Sarfraz from T20 captainship. I cannot justify that. Yeah, part of it has to do with Sarfraz's own mistakes. I know that. And I told Sarfraz the other day that the day when you arrive after playing the ICC 2019 World Cup, you should have resigned from test matches and one-day matches captainship right away. 
because you didn't make make it to the semis or even final or, or, or even coming close to winning any of those hard games. You, then in that case, you, you, you would have been able to keep the T20 captainship. Now they made Babar Azam the captain. I want to know the success story of Babar Azam. I want to know how many sides he has captained in the past and taken up to the victory stand. How many times this guy has won the match for Pakistan single-handedly? I mean, nothing against Babar Azam. For God's sake, please do not, uh, do not understand. I mean, you know, misunderstand me from here or there. I'm telling you that this is a guy who makes runs and he needs a break and he needs no pressure. But what did you do? You made him a captain because you did not want Sarfraz to continue captainship. For no obvious reasons. Absolutely no obvious reasons. Sarfraz has been a successful captain for T20. He's a fighter. He brings you the number four batsman. He's got some shots. Yes, he's not a big-time hitter, but he, he is the one who rotates the strike. He's the one who knows how to play T20s. He got you to number one T20 status in the world for the past few months. And you just took him out for no reason. This shows the immaturity of the selection committee and decision makers. This really bothers me. And then coming to Babar Azam, this poor guy is under a lot of pressure. You're giving him six newcomers, six debutants in one series, every series. What the heck is wrong with you? You need to give him a stable side. You need to tell him uh, each and every player their role in the, in, in, in the team and then see how well they perform it. I think they don't know these, these basics and fundamentals of how to, how to assemble a team, how to produce a winning combination, and they're experimenting left and right. See, and that's where, and I would like to take us, uh, say, a week back where Australia versus India and Virat Kohli, just to allow Sanju Samson an, a slot in the team and to allow him time, he let himself bat number four, even though his track record is not good at number four. And that was only to see how Sanju Samson fares in the games to make their team look at the future prospects. So just to, to be able to be willing to lose a game or two in the bigger picture. Now, my critical question is, how will leadership impact Babar Azam? Because I have severe reservations about it in the long run, but I really want to hear from you. Will this really impact his game? Because he has been a prolific scorer. That's a million-dollar question. And I tell you what, Babar is not happy with my comments, which I've made in the last few weeks about him. He messaged me the other day and said, hey, well, what, what do you want? I mean, you know, why are you so much against my captainship? I'm, I'm going to tell you something very straightforward. The, the, the issue is that in our country, the process of making and manufacturing or capitalizing on someone's skills of leadership is absolutely missing in action for the past many, 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 many years. We make captains uh, overnight. We, we remove captains overnight. We do not have a visionary board. As a result of that, anybody who has played 10, 20, 30 games becomes a ca candidate for captainship. It's starting from the times of Javed Niyadad and then Wasim Akram and Waqar Yunus and Rashid Latif and Saeed Anwar and uh, Muhammad Yusuf, you name it. For a few games, they have been captain and then they do not perform and you throw them out and bring a new face. The problem is that instead of taking the responsibility of poor performance by the administration, they want to dump it on the captain. And the only, I mean, the scapegoat is always going to be a captain and they destroy his career by getting him out. In our culture, this has been the practice for many, many years. 
and your point is very much valid. The only batsman, a uh, real batsman in Pakistan's side is Babar Azam. And when you make him a captain and this captainship pressure of how to do it, are we going to win? Are we going to lose? Am I going to be able to lift a trophy? Am I going to be able to look good in front of 220 million people as a captain? All these things keep on circulating in his mind. And when they basically flood his brains, he's, he's going to play a wrong shot. And, and this is the vision which is missing out of the decision makers in Pakistan Cricket Board that just because you are a part of the team doesn't matter, doesn't mean that you can be the captain. The problem is that they do not allow people to settle. They do not allow people to get their position uh, stabilized and be able to give their 100% and prove themselves. Once they, and they make captains series by series. They make uh, bowling coaches series by series. That's not right. What the heck is that supposed to mean? That only shows the uncertainty and undecisiveness and lack of maturity within your own set of mind because you don't know who is the right person for the right job. This is the point. Finding the right person for the right job is the responsibility of Pakistan Cricket Board, which they have miserably failed over the last few years to perform. That's why you see yourself at number eight in test matches. You see number six, number seven is part of the, the one-day internationals. And we are one defeat away, one game defeat away from losing that number one spot. Now, the series itself. Do you see Pakistan winning the series? Now our team is wearing our Pakistan t-shirts. We need to support whatever things, however they do it, because the time of arguments and time of giving your concept and your theories is over now. We cannot. We have to support our 11 guys who, who, who goes into the ground wearing Pakistan flag. And I, I, I think Pakistan, inshallah, should win and will win this series. Now, will it win? Will they win 3-0? I doubt it. Will they win 2-1? Maybe. Yes. But, but, but trust me, it's not going to be an easy series. It's not going to be a, a walk in the park at all. I know Bangladesh very well. And they have just finished BPL. They found some real talent in BPL. They found the real groove with the, in the BPL. So you better be watching out for them. And they just beat India in a T20 by seven wickets also right before coming to uh, Pakistan series. Uh, so that would be a good contest. Uh, all right. We have eight T20 internationals. Three against Bangladesh uh, right now. Two against Ireland. Three against England. And then we have about 30 domestic PSL T20 games. So all in all, we have 38 T20 games. How do you see us doing from here leading up to the World Cup? Because the main premise is having that core group of players. We are still now in the year of World Cup performing these surgeries, which should have been done, say, a year and a half ago. And we should have had our core group of players available and then do some additional tweaks. So how do you see these next eight internationals and PSL in context of the World Cup? I think you're right on the money that we should have done all these changes and made all these adjustments a couple of years ago and, and doing all these micro and macro surgeries nine months before the World Cup is just being, uh, I mean, you know, unacceptable. Absolutely right. You're right on the money. And I think you just nailed it. Uh, if I was the board chairman, if I had the opportunity to make decisions, this is what I would do. Straight up. I would, I, I would pick 30 players. 30 players out of my domestic league, domestic T20, 
which has uh, recently concluded in Pakistan. And I would put those 30 guys in a boot camp for the next 10 months and uh, let them play PSL and have a very much magnifying and a macroscopic uh, uh, look at these performances for those five weeks of PSL and these three T20s. And at, right at the end of, those, uh, of that PSL, I would put them together for the next 10 months without any, any vacation time, without any break whatsoever. Starting from the physical fitness of these guys, taking them just like the way we did in a camp in Kakul, Aftabad, two and a half years ago before the series of Pakistan and England, where right. Ms. Bhatt took the team, that is what I would start. Number two, I would, I, I would separate the, the all-rounders from the ballers and the batsmen, and I will take the services of the world-class batsmen, world-class world match winners in Pakistan, uh, of like Yunus Khan, like Muhammad Yusuf, like Saeed Anwar, and I'll pay them a very good amount of money to train these individuals in different fields, in whatever field they excel in. And I would hire a bowling, co uh, a fielding coach to basically work on their fielding skills, day in, day out. And then I will show, I will have various games between these guys, like 30 guys, so we will have three sides, we will have we should have games every weekend, like three games or two games a week, and then start looking at them very carefully that who needs help with what. And during this time period, I should have team A, team B, team C uh, identified and put them on cards, and these two benches should be ready for me. That's what I would do. I would hire the coaches, put them in academies, do like a 12-hour sessions every day for the next 10 months if I want to win the World Cup. I can never win a World Cup with bits and pieces, the throwing guys away after a couple of bad performances, adding someone who has, who has not even played the domestic cricket, got a Pfeiffer in, uh, in, uh, in um, Big Bash, and, 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 and then letting go Shinwari, uh, letting go Junaid Khan. I, I would never do that. I would have a system in place on a consistent performance I mean, yes, I've lost all the time, which I should have used in the last couple of years, but it's still, it's not too late. I would identify those 30 guys, pick them up from PSL and put them in the camp, just like I said, and then start working on each one like individually. And then at the end of the World Cup, if I win, Alhamdulillah, if I don't win, at least I gave my best shot. If we don't win, at least we put a process in place because the concept of succession planning is alien to what or how we do things in Pakistan, at least for cricket that I know. You are absolutely right. It's not, yes, it is about winning, but if you do not have the process in place, just like you said, then, then the, the onus is on you. Nobody would, I mean, this will be a huge disappointment if you just went and like, whatever. This, if, if you have this kind of attitude, then 220 million people don't like it. They deserve better. Very rightly said. Let's hope that we have a very good series and uh, hopefully the boys that we've uh, put together, they will play for that flag. And uh, 220 million people who are praying, all those mothers who are praying constantly and fathers who are telling their kids, stop watching cricket. But those kids will not stop watching cricket because they grow up as cricket fanatics, like at least myself. And from what I see and hear, you too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Do the right thing. And the most important thing is commitment, vision, accountability, and then 
and then the looking at the big picture what is the big picture in front of us world cup what have we done for the world cup who is going to be our captain who's going to be our wicket keeper who's going to be bowling eight uh, spin overs who's going to be our attack bowler who's going to be our wicket taker who's who has a strike rate of 150 uh, um, um, per you know, per innings who has that kind of skills if we have identified that kind of talent yet being number one uh, side in the world i'm not really sure if he's truly deserve it anymore right very good conversation um at least i've thoroughly enjoyed it and um i certainly hope and believe that our listeners will too so uh with this let's hope we get a cracker of a series with pakistan win be it 2-1 or 3-0 i'll take either it's the winning that will make the country happy and uh, set the boys uh, on the right uh, track for the world cup uh, dr ansari i really appreciate you taking the time you have a very good day enjoy the cricket thank you thank sir thank you so much have a wonderful day thank you allah and listeners uh, this was uh, dr ansari kashif ansari and subscribe to uh, his youtube channel plus uh, follow him on facebook and if you love cricket this gentleman uh, comes out with content that is honest that is cut throat objective uh, with this Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Toe Crushers and I will see you guys next time hopefully Pakistan and Bangladesh series goes well a very enjoyable series for spectators full house in Lahore and may the boys in green the Pakistan green win till next I'll see you guys